1: Unless you skipped it, you probably just listened to an advertisement. But did you think anything of it? Or did you just tune it out?
2: We may all like to think that we're not impacted by advertising, but there's a reason it's a $300 billion industry in the US. And kids are an important part of that market and have been for a long time.
1: As adults, we see advertisements as innocuous. Companies need to sell things, we need to buy them. But for younger audiences, Advertisements can have a much greater impact. Back in April, a student in a Detroit area kindergarten class brought a surprise to share with her fellow students. Margarita mix with alcohol that she knew was inside. This story got us to thinking. What role could marketing have played in getting margaritas into the hands of kindergartners? I'm your host, Mike Rogers, and this is Something Off Beats, where we take a closer look at unusual news stories. Mary Engel, an attorney who serves as the BBB National Program's Executive Vice President of Policy, joined Something Offbeat this week to discuss accountability and responsibility in the advertising industry when marketing to children. this case in Michigan, I guess it's suburban Detroit, with a kindergartner bringing tequila to class and and serving it up for some fellow students. This is an eye-opener, isn't it? Or is it? I mean, does this kind of thing happen more often than any of us know?
2: Well, I don't think we really know uh, how often this sort of thing happens. And I guess one of the things that we don't really know here is how the child got their hands on the tequila. And uh, the article did suggest that She knew that it was liquor, so it's possible she was trying to make a little mischief as well, Um, or it's possible she just mistook it for, you know, a fruit drink, but we don't really have that many details on it. Clearly, um, it's important for marketers and brands who have products that are dangerous to kids or harmful to them in some way to avoid using any packaging that would be attractive to them.
1: This is an ongoing problem, isn't it? I mean, I I think back, Joe Camel, how many years ago was that?
2: Yeah, that was back in the
1: 90s. You may remember Joe Camel, a cartoon used to market Camel cigarettes back in the late 1980s and early 90s. He was typically sporting a pair of shades and a nice suit or a leather jacket, well, Joe was axed in 1997, though, after the Federal Trade Commission alleged that the cartoon unlawfully targeted children. Before taking on her role at BBB National Programs, Mary spent 30 years with the FTC.
2: In the Joe Camel case, the Federal Trade Commission, as well as the attorneys general of the uh, uh, 50, all 50 states actually sued R.J. Reynolds for marketing Camel cigarettes to kids through that Joe Camel campaign, you know, they alleged it wasn't just accidental. It wasn't just that, you know, kids got their hands on it, but that it was an intentional campaign. A
1: 1998 settlement between the cigarette companies and attorneys general banned the use of all cartoon characters for the marketing of tobacco products. But tobacco isn't the only product putting kids at risk. According to a study of Los Angeles area middle school students back in 2013 published in the Journal of Studies on Alcohol, children between the ages of 11 to 14 years are frequently exposed to alcohol advertising. Researchers say this could increase the likelihood of underage drinking and urged officials to put stricter regulations in place. What regulations are in place right now regarding advertising to children, marketing, and how did your office and the FTC come into play?
2: So there's actually surprisingly few regulations on advertising to kids. The FTC uses the same authority, the same law that it has to regulate marketing to adults. And it just keeps in mind that kids are more, more vulnerable and, and more liable to be misled But actually, this is where self-regulation by businesses comes into play, because the Children's Advertising Review Unit, or CARU, of the organization where I work, BBB National Programs, back in 1974 was created and established guidelines for responsible advertising to children. And so these guidelines have all sorts of provisions that set out how marketers can responsibly market to young children, how to avoid misleading them, how to avoid inappropriate advertising. So, and we just updated them last year, kind of to take into account today's digital technology. So that's a really some important guardrails for marketers.
1: Is self-regulation, is it realistic to think that that's going to happen with some of these companies? Because I mean, they, they look at these young people, not just as customers now, but as future customers, lifetime customers.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's actually a great point that uh, kids are an important part of the market and brand loyalty can start very young. Um, but the point is not to necessarily avoid marketing to kids. I mean, obviously you should if the product is not appropriate for them, but there's lots of products that are appropriate for kids. And, and absolutely many marketers look very closely at our guidelines and to stay within the bounds of doing so in a responsible way.
1: What in your mind crosses the line in terms of what's appropriate and what's what's not?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, and there are many products, uh, tobacco and alcohol, for that are illegal to, to market to kids and uh, tobacco, of various types, uh, vapes and the like. But even for other products, it's more of a consideration of techniques that you should avoid, you know, things cross the line where you're taking advantage of a child's vulnerability or the fact that they have a harder time distinguishing what's an ad and what's not an ad between real life and fantasy and you know and and so anything that really doesn't take into account the fact that kids have limited cognitive skills can be crossing the line
1: that 2013 study it also found that black and hispanic children were twice as likely to be targeted by ads for alcohol than white children and that girls were exposed to 30% more advertisements than boys the issue- Comes when these these companies begin to market um, unhealthy products to these communities, and they begin to market these unhealthy products more more to these communities than they do other communities. That's Omni Cassidy, a professor in the Department of Population Health at New York University, who spoke with Odyssey's KCBS Radio in San Francisco this month about marketing. I was gonna, and, I was oh. going to ask you about
0: that because uh, yeah. the trope has been that, say, menthol cigarettes or or liquor uh, always seem to be aimed at minority communities.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's certainly where the true challenge comes in and where it begins to move from being progressive, being inclusive, to being quite exploitative. And while we become a society that is increasingly online, even more challenges emerge, as Senator John Thune of South Dakota said during congressional hearings this past October. We all know social media offers a lot of benefits and opportunities, but like uh, has been expressed this morning, I have concerns about the lack of transparency online and limited accountability of big tech companies. And one of the major problems with social media that has been increasingly concerning is social media's platforms use of algorithms to shape and manipulate users experience, resulting in individuals being trapped in what we call the filter bubble. Back in the day, you know, 30 years ago, or or when you and I were growing up, it would be, you'd see magazine ads, billboards, you'd see something on TV. But I mean, the internet and social media has made the problem so much worse, hasn't it?
2: Absolutely. I mean, social media is where it's at. It's where kids are on. It's where they live on their phones. A lot of them feel like there's no difference between their real life and their digital life. And it's a lot harder for parents to monitor, right? And frankly, it's going to get even worse in the metaverse, you know, virtual worlds where you have a headset on, and parents can't even look what's on the screen, you know, because if they're seeing it in in the headset on the metaverse, so it's it's a real challenge for parents to be able to keep up with what their kids are seeing.
1: Well, how do you do that? That is such a challenge, and I know a lot of parents would would like to know what can you do to keep your kids away from this, or is that even possible?
2: I think it's probably better to focus on education and having real conversations and frequent conversations with your child, because as you suggested, it, it's impossible to keep them away from it. It's better to have them be more mindful and literate and, you know, feel free to have open conversations with you so that, and they understand if they see something that makes them uncomfortable, tell you about it and they can report it on social media as well.
1: Are a lot of parents scared these days? Cause I have two daughters, they're both grown, but I think Frequently, that my gosh, if they were young, I'd be scared to death.
2: Yeah, I have uh, I have two daughters as well who just you know aged out of 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 being teenagers, and I totally uh, agree and understand. I I think the it's really important parents, and it's going to be easier as 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 parents who grew up with digital media have children, and they so they're already familiar with it. But it's absolutely essential for parents to be involved with what their kids are doing and be educated about the new developments, whether it's social media or virtual worlds or what have you.
1: You mentioned before that industries also have to be accountable. How does that work? And and how do agencies like the BBB national programs work to improve accountability?
2: Well, so there's there's kind of independent industry self-regulation, which is what we do here at BBB National Programs and our Children's Advertising Review Unit, where companies actually agree. You know, they they sign on to say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to hold ourselves accountable in the case of children above and beyond what the law requires. So there are lots of responsible advertisers who are committed to do that, which is really different from an individual company say on its own, well, we're going to hold ourselves responsible. Just don't look behind the curtain and see what's really going on. I think there needs to be a light shine on what the industry practices are and reporting about it in order to really see true accountability.
1: If you are a parent or you don't necessarily have to be a parent and there is something in terms of advertising or marketing that concerns you. Who can you report it to? Can you call your office? Can you call the government?
2: Yes, absolutely. You can You can report it to us, to BBV National Programs. You can report it to the Federal Trade Commission, to the Attorney General's office of whichever state you live in. It could be a, a local consumer protection office. It really kind of depends on what the particular advertising is. And also, report it to the company. Really, <laughs> let them know, um, especially with social media. I mean, the good part about, say, social media now is companies are more likely to hear if there's a problem, and they'll be responsive to. They they want to head off a PR failure
1: and document everything, right?
2: Yes, right. Always a good idea. <laughs> I'm
1: Mike Rogers with News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas Fort Worth, and thanks for joining me on Something Offbeat written and produced by Lauren Berry and Chris Blake, with audio editing by Chris Blake, original music by Myron Kaplan, and editorial support from Cooper Mall. To keep listening, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends.